He's not. Drop your sword. <laughs> oh, shh, shh. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> hey, isn't Cal great? Give him a big hand. <laughs> All right. Let me put this stuff down. Sword, stay. Good boy. Good. All right. All right. Hey. Right now, I have a brief moment to come and talk to you. All of the other soldiers, they're eating breakfast right now. And so I had a few minutes to, to, to sneak out and join you. Now, um, did you all sleep pretty good? Does any, did anybody have any snores in their cabin? Raise your hand if your counselor was snoring. Yeah, I know. Okay, well, let me tell you this story real quick. Listen, when I was a kid... When I was a kid, I was staying in a, a camp like this. It was for little Roman soldiers. And, uh, and so there was this uh, young boy. I was sleeping. We had bunk beds like you all have. And I was sleeping in the bottom bunk bed down here. And there was somebody on top of me. And on the other side, right across the way, there was a guy sleeping in the bunk up here like this, a young boy. And he was snoring so loud, like... <laughs> I mean, he was so, he was sawing logs, right? And I could not sleep. And then all of a sudden, he's on the top bunk. Now, in the old days when I was, when Chippius Hendros was a kid, uh, they didn't have guardrails up on the, on, you know where I'm going with this. And the kid, he's like snoring, he's like, and all of a sudden he rolls off the top of the bunk and he lands, boom, right next to me. And you know what? Instead of thinking, oh, I wonder if he's okay, I went, hallelujah, he stopped snoring, I can sleep. Guess what? It wasn't but three seconds later, all of a sudden, <laughs> right next to my head now. So I smacked him and, you know, anyway, no, just kidding, I didn't do that. All right, so uh, now, last night, guys and girls, last night we talked about identity. Right, And we talked about how Jesus created you because he's the creator. And as the creator, he helps define you and set your identity. Now, listen, it's all fine, boys, to know the truth. It's all fine to know it. But see, where it really started to click for me and when I gave my life to Jesus was the moment that I started to ask the question, just because I know it, well, now what do I do about it? What do I do about the truth that I know? See, I can know how to be a Roman centurion. I can train as a soldier. I can learn how to fight and how to defend. And, but if I get into a battle and all of a sudden I freeze, what's going to happen to me? I'm going to die, right? I have to put what I know into action. It's not enough to know the truth. You have to live it out. Now, see, when I was your age, I remember starting to understand what it truly meant to be a legionnaire, to be a soldier for Rome. But one day... I was listening to Jesus. And turn in your Bibles to John 15. John 15. It's in the New Testament. All right. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John. John 15. John 15. Now. John 15. John 15. Okay, once you get it, look at me, just eyes right here on me. If you don't have it, that's right. We're just going to read one verse out of it right now, so don't worry, all right? Okay, 15. 15, 15. How many times do I have to say it? 15. 15. Okay, now this is what it says. 
in John 15, 1. Now listen, Jesus is talking to this group of people and he starts telling them all about like fruit and branches and all kinds of stuff, all right? And he says this, listen to this. John 15, verse 1. Uh, sorry, verse 5. We're going to read verse 5, verse 5. John 15, 5. It says, I am the vine, okay? You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And I heard that said by Jesus, and I was thinking in my mind, I'm like, what does that word abide even mean? What does it mean to abide? What do you guys think the word abide means? Go. Remain. 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 Okay. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, go. You can't do anything without him. Okay, remain. Uh, anything without him. Abide. So we're looking at the word abide. Yeah, go. To like follow. Okay, to follow. Yeah, go. To listen to. Yeah, go. To believe. Okay, hands down. You guys are getting the hang of it. Those are pretty good. Uh, what abide really means is simply to spend time with somebody. Right? If I was going to abide with you, then I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to connect to you. And I think, boys and girls, look at me. I think what Jesus was saying is that if you want to go beyond just knowing the truth about Jesus and putting it into action, then you have to actually start choosing to connect with the one who created you. You have to abide in him. You have to connect with him. You have to spend time with him. And look at me because this is really important. Boys, eyes right here. You have to be the one to choose to do that. You know that? Like you guys growing up to this point, like a lot of times your parents and an adult, a lot of times tells you the things that you have to do. But if you're going to connect to the one who created you, if you're going to connect to Jesus, you have to choose to do that. Your parents can't choose it for you. Your pastor can't choose it for you. Your leaders can't choose it for you. You have to choose to want to connect to Jesus, to connect to him. See, Jesus wants to connect to you all the time. There's this really fancy word that we learned in little Roman school. It's called revelation. Everybody say that with me. One, two, three. Revelation. Now, it is a book, but before that, it was just a word. And what revelation means is it's when you come to this moment where all of a sudden you realize something and you understand something. I like to put it in these words. It, revelation means, oh, I got it. Everybody say that with me. One, two, three. Oh, I got it. That's revelation. All of a sudden, you're in this mode of, oh, I got it. And there's lots of different ways that God reveals himself to us. One of those ways that I love we read in Romans 1.20. It's my favorite book of the Bible. You know why? Romans. Yeah, okay, you guys are good. Okay, so Romans 1.20, you don't need to look it up, but it says this. It says, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. What that means is that God reveals himself, the oh, I got it moment, through creation. So everybody look up for a moment. Now you're looking at the canopy, but pretend you're looking up at the stars. Have you ever just looked up at the stars before and just been in awe of God's creation? See, look back at me. That's a moment where God is revealing himself to you through his creation, through his world. This one time, anybody like to fish? Oh, I like to fish. I bet you didn't know that we like to fish in Rome, did you? Now, I like to fish. And one day I was out fishing and I was fishing, and 
all of a sudden, I just started to look around me and realize this creation, what God had created and made beautiful. And God was just speaking to me like, look at how much I love this world I created, how much I love you. Like, and I was just in awe. And what I didn't realize it was as I was looking around the mountains, I started to kind of walk and I'm in the middle of the river that I'm fishing in. And I get to this spot right about this and I'm looking up and all of a sudden a fish comes on my line and it pulls me and I didn't realize it, but I was at like a four foot waterfall right on the edge. And so the moment that this happened, you know what happened? It pulled, the fish was so big, it pulled me over, over the waterfall into the water and I went crashing down. Pretty crazy, huh? Guess what though? I kept the fish, I held on to my line, so I got to admire all of God's creation and keep my fish, it was super cool. Now, see, God, God loves us so much and Jesus reveals himself through nature. So when we look at those things, we can admire God's work. Another key way is this. What is this? The Bible. See, another way that God reveals to his truth to us is through his word. See, I've been learning about this as I've been following and listening and seeing Jesus. Did you know, boys and girls, that this book isn't just an ordinary book? Boys, this is actually the creator of the world, God's words to us. Like it was written down by men, but it, God was speaking. Jesus was speaking through them as they wrote it down. Just think about how crazy that is. That this book is the God of the universe who created the stars, who created the mountains, who created all things, who breathed those things into existence. He put words down to help guide our lives. And God says, hey, if you follow this book and you follow my word, you're going to have an amazing life. Now, I want to preface something for a second. See, when we follow God's word and we don't just know it, but we follow it, God promises that we are going to have the best life here on earth. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not going to be easy. It won't be easy. In fact, sometimes it's going to be harder. God never promises the, be the easiest life. He promises the best life. Say that with me. God doesn't promise the easiest life. He promises the best life. Say it one more time. God doesn't promise the easiest life. He promises the best life. Now, the question still remains. We know that these are God's words, but what are we going to do about it? And there's this really cool story that I heard Jesus say. Um, he had these stories he called parables, okay? It wasn't two bulls. It was parables, like stories he told. Turn to Luke 8, 4. Luke 8, 4. This one's super cool. Luke 8, 4. All right, if you're there, look at me. You guys are awesome. Luke 8, 4. All right, Luke 8, 4. You there? Okay, all right. All right, now I'm going to start into it. If, you, if you've got it, look at me, uh, or you can read along. If not, just keep working your way there, okay? So Luke 8, 4 says this. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, who's him? Jesus, he said in a parable, now a sower went out to sow seed. Uh, let's see. I need a sower real fast. All right. No, I, you know, what? I'll be the sower. I'll be the sower because I am the sower. Um, so a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, uh, let's see. I need somebody who can represent. Come here. You're going to be the seed for a second. 
All right, stand right there. All right, turn around, face these people. Everybody, smile. Say cheeseburger. Okay, good. All right. Now, so a sower went out to sow his seed, and he sowed the seed, and some fell along the path. Okay, so get down and like get down. Okay, good. So it falls under the path, right? And then it says, uh, as he sowed, some fell along the path, and it was trampled underfoot. Oh, this is fun. Let's keep doing it. Rah! Okay, no. Now, it was trampled underfoot. And then the birds of the air came and devoured. I need some birds really fast. Some birds. 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 You two in the overalls. Come here. Okay, you be the birds, and I want you to devour the seed. Rah! Oh, that's good. Give them louder. Louder. Devour. Okay, good. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, good. Okay, you guys can go sit back down. Okay, you can sit back down. Good job. Excellent work. Excellent work. So the birds devoured it. And then another seed. Come here. Seed. Seed. Okay, plant seed. Another seed. Good. Where are we at? Uh, verse 6. And some fell on the rocks. And as it grew up, it tried to grow up, but it withered away. Everybody say, because it had no moisture. Okay, good job. Get out of here. Died. Two down, two dead. Okay. Number seven, number seven. And some, oh, I need, yes, you right there in the glasses. Come here. All right, come here. This one's a good one. Okay, right there. Okay. I'm sowing this seed. Get down. Okay, so, 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 so. Verse seven. And some fell among the thorns. Oh, I need some thorns. You right there. Come here. Yeah, you're the thorns. Come on, dude. Oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Are you, do you have any experience in MMA or gladiatoring? Okay, that's all right. Come here. Okay, so come behind him. Okay, you ready? You can't uh, do this with your hands in your pocket. Okay, come behind him and face out this way. Okay, ready? Okay, listen what it says, and you got to do what it says, okay? And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. Well, easy now, easy. Don't actually choke him. Okay, good. Okay, choked him out. Choke him out. Choke. Uh, everybody say, uh. Okay, good job. All right, go sit down, go sit down. Good job. Excellent work. All right, so the, the third one got choked out. And then I need one more seed, one more seed. Uh, in the pink hat, pink hat, come here. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Corre, corre. Okay, so then the fourth seed, where are we at? Verse 8, and some fell into the good soil and grew up and yielded a hundredfold. Oh, everybody say, oh, wait, you got to, you know, oh, both arms. Oh, face the audience. Oh, all right, good job, good job, good job, good job, good job. All right, excellent work. Now. Let's break this down a little bit, all right? So Jesus told this story. It's super cool, but what in the world does it mean? So here's the deal. Jesus says that when you read when uh, the seed being sown is like you reading the Bible, all right? It's like you reading his words. And there's four possible scenarios. Now, remember, look at me, boys, girls. You have to choose what you're going to do with what you read in here. Right? It's not about just knowing. It's about what you're going to do with what you know. And so here's the four scenarios. Okay? 
Luke 8, 5 says that the first seed was planted and it was planted in the ground and then it was trampled. And then it says the birds came and ate it. Everybody chomp sound. Good. Then Jesus says in Luke 8, 12 that he planted the seed. You read his word and this is what happens. Okay. This is what this one means. You read the Bible and then it goes into one ear and it comes out the other. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, I want to do a little experiment as we go through these. Um, if you know a favorite Bible verse, okay, like if you have one, if you don't, don't worry about it. But if you know a verse, just the reference, so like John 3.16 or whatever, I want you to shout it out real loud. But when I do this, it's got to go super quiet, okay? And I'm going to listen because I want to try with one verse. We're going to go through this. Okay, ready? So yell out your favorite Bible verse. One, two, three, go. Oh, okay, good. Good, good. Those are all good. Somebody over here said Philippians 4.4. 4. That's good. That's a perfect one. All right. So let's go with that. Okay. So here's the deal. Okay. This is what this means. All right. So here we go. Philippians 4.4, 4, if you don't know that verse, says rejoice. Uh, what was it? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Right? You guys know that one? Yeah. Okay. So Romans 4.4, 4, say it with me, says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Anybody know that song? Yeah, all right, good. Okay, rejoice in the Lord always, and I say rejoice. So this is what happens with the first seed, all right? So what happens is, is you wake up in the morning, and you're a good young boy or girl, good Roman soldier, and you have your Bible open uh, next to your uh, bed. And so you get your Bible, and you wake up in the morning, and you yawn, and you pick your nose, or whatever you do as soon as you wake up, and then you eat it. Okay, good. Just making sure. Okay. And I would never do that. I was just making sure you guys don't do that. Okay. Now, so you grab your Bible and you read Philippians 4, 4. And it says, what's it say again? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, this is what happens is you hear it, you read it, but you weren't really paying attention, boys. You weren't really paying attention. And so it goes in one ear and out the other. So let me give you an example of my son, Elon. Now, Elon is the king of this. Now, Elon, he has one, a chore, and one of his chores is to feed our dog, Crouton. You know why his name's Crouton? Because he goes into Caesar salad and... Yeah, all right. Okay. So, so we have a dog named Crouton, and Crouton, uh, I bet you didn't know that we had dogs in Rome, but we do. Anyway, so it's Elon's job to feed Crouton, and my job as a dad is to remind him to do his chores. Anybody else have a dad that that's their job? Yeah, it shouldn't be, but it is. Now, here's the deal. So Elon and my son Tybonius, they are playing this game called Battledore. Battledore is a game we play in Rome where, like, you take a pine cone, and there's paddles, and you play. It's kind of like badminton, only with pine cones. Anyway, it's real. I know. I looked it up. Okay, anyway, now, here's the deal. Uh, they're playing Battledore, and I say, Elon, don't forget to feed Crouton before you go to bed. And he literally says, yes, sir, I got it, as soon as I finish destroying my brother in Battledore. And I'm like, now, did he hear it? Did he hear it? He, he responded back to me. He heard it, right? Now, the next morning, our poor Crouton had not been fed. And I asked Elon, what happened? And he said, what do you mean, Pops? You didn't remind me. Did I remind him? Yes, but he wasn't really listening. It went one one ear and out the other. And guys and girls, that's 
the first seed, is that we read something in the Bible, rejoice in the Lord, and again I say rejoice, and then when our mom tells us that we can't have a piece of cake before dinner, we get mad and we don't have joy, all because we didn't actually hear what God's word said. We didn't put it into our brain. See, the first piece that I think that we learned through this whole seed parable from Jesus is that when you're reading the Bible, you have to stop and listen. Everybody say that with me. Stop and listen. A little bit louder. Stop and listen. That's the first thing we have to do. We have to stop and listen to hear what God's telling us. Now, Luke 8, 6, look at the second seed. It was planted, it grew, it died because it had no what? Do you remember? No, not water. It said it didn't. Moisture, right? And so what happened is it didn't put in deep roots, right? And um, is anybody here a dendrologist? Does anybody know what a dendrologist is? Oh, you are? It's a person who likes to fart a lot. No, just kidding. That's not what a dendrologist is. A dendrologist is a scientist of plants. Now, I know that you probably don't understand this, but plants need to create deep roots to survive, right? I've got this buddy that lives in Greece, and he was telling me they have these tornadoes, and he was calling me one day, and he's an... uh, over the phone. We don't have those. I don't know. Anyway, um, and he's telling me all of a sudden he's like, oh my goodness, there's a tornado. A tree in front of my yard just flew off. Now that tree flew off because ultimately it didn't have deep roots. And so here we are in this one. Okay. See, oh, what I want you guys to understand is no matter who you are, storms are going to come in life. Difficult times are going to come in your life. No matter how perfect you think your world is, there's going to be hard times coming. I promise. That's the way the world works. And here's the thing. We read God's word. Okay. So here we are. We all wake up in the morning. We open up the Bible. We read Philippians 4, 4, which says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Say it with me. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And so we've stopped and we've listened and we heard it. And we think, you know what? Okay, it's good for us to be joyful in the Lord. And so the first day that we read this, our mom tells us that tonight is going to be a special night. It's going to be a no video game night. No YouTube, no Fortnite, nothing. I know, I know, I know. But, but boys, girls, you listen, listen, but you just read Philippians 4, 4 and you stopped and you listened. And so it went into your brain and you thought, oh, you know what? This isn't my favorite idea, but I know that I'm supposed to rejoice in the Lord always. And so I'm going to obey my mom. And you know what? Let's do it. And it ends up being a fun night and you're having a blast and, and you guys play board games. And it's like, oh, this is great. You have joy because that's what you read. But, but two days later, your brilliant mom says, that was fun. Let's do it again. And this time, instead of being joyful and going with it, you start whining and complaining because you have forgotten what Philippians 4.4 says to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, listen, I think the second seed helps us to understand that we have to do things to help us remember what we read. See, I don't know about you, but I don't have the greatest memory in the world. And so one of the things that I have trained my boys to do is to do things to help them remember. Listen, boys and girls, this is God's what to us? Words. This is God's words. But this actual book is just pages. It's just pages in a book at the end of the day, which means this. You can write in it. 
You can highlight things. You can write notes and say, oh, I need to remember that the next time my mom asked me to have a no video game night, I should be joyful. You can write in your Bible. You can, you can circle things. You can highlight things. You can also have something called a journal or a diary where you write in it something that you learned. So if you stop and you listen to what God says to you, then write it down somewhere. My boys, uh, Milos, my oldest, and all of them really have a board in their room that they can write down Bible verses on that to help them remember the things that Jesus said. This is nothing sacred necessarily about the pages. Now, what's being said is, but the pages themselves. So you can circle and write and highlight and do whatever you want to help you remember so that we plant deep roots so that when life's difficulties come, your roots have been planted deeply and you can remember those things. So, so far when we read, we need to stop and listen. Say that with me. We need to what? Stop and listen. And we need to plant deep roots so that we can remember. Say plant deep roots. You guys got it. Now let's look at the third seed. Okay. The third seed says that it was planted. It grew, but it got choked out. Everybody give me your choked out sound. Okay, good. You guys are good at that. Now, so this is what happens, okay? So you read, it says that it grew and looked beautiful. Um, so actually in this one, like the fruit actually started to come a little bit, but it gets choked up. Uh, it gets choked out. It's done. It's, it's over. Like in the gladiator arena, gross. It's done, right? Now, here's what it looks like for us. Philippians 4.4, you ready? Okay, we get up in the morning. We read Philippians 4.4. Maybe we even write it down somewhere that we can help remember. But... We go to school. Uh, raise your hand. Tell me, what's your favorite part of school? Favorite part of school? Uh, yeah, go. Yeah. Science, okay. Yeah. Math. Wait, I heard somebody say the right answer over here. What was it? Recess. Isn't it recess? Okay. All right. You guys are crazy if it's not recess. My goodness. Now, here's the deal. Okay, so here's what happens. Here's what happens. You get up in the morning, you read Philippians 4.4, 4. you write it down in your journal. I need to remember to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And you go to school and you're out at recess, boys. And you go to recess. You guys go to recess? Okay. And you go to recess. And what happens is, is you see this kid off on his own. And he's sitting there all by himself. And you think, man, that kid looks sad. Like, he looks lonely. And you remember that Philippians 4.4 says that you should rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And you think, you know what? This kid over here needs to remember to rejoice. And so what you do is, is you go up and you walk up to that person. And you're like, hey, hey, you, right here. Come here, come here. Yeah, come here, come here, come here. Come here. I need you for a second. Okay. What's your name? Evan, okay, so let's say, listen, okay, so let's say that Evan is all by himself and he's sad, right? And so I'm over here at recess and I see him, okay? And I'm like, Evan looks sad, right? Yeah, oh, look, see, he looks sad. It's good. Okay, and so I go up to Evan and I start, I'm like, hey, buddy, man, look, I, just, I read this verse this morning, Philippians 4, 4, it says to rejoice. Like, man, we need to be joyful. And I, and I tell him about Jesus or, or I just hang out with him and help him have joy because now he's not alone, right? And here's the problem, okay? See, these are my homies over here. Are you guys my homies? Okay, now, now here's the problem is, is my homies, I come over and I start being friends with Evan and all of a sudden my homies over there start going, dude, what are you doing hanging out with 
name's Evan. Oh, and they start making fun of me and they start ripping on me because I'm hanging out with the uncool kids. I mean, I'm not saying you're not cool. Don't worry, okay? All right, and I, I'm hanging out with my buddy Evan. And so there, they start making fun of me. And you know what I do? Because, because, because I allow myself to get choked out. I go like, oh, whatever. And I distance myself from Evan. Now you see what happened there is I, I had it in my mind. I had written it down that I needed to remember to rejoice in the Lord always. But then when my friends start to get on me and go after me, then I allowed it to choke me out. All right, Evan, good job. You can go take a seat. Great job being a sad kid. Okay. So look, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. This is so important because so many of you guys are going to get into this mode where you're all ready to go live for Jesus and do the things that you read in his word, but then all of a sudden things happen in your life that make you be afraid or you get prideful or you get greedy or these things where all of a sudden you get choked out. And what you know to be true, you don't live it out because somebody scares you away. Or somebody, or you, your own pride thinks, no, I want this. I want what I want. And so that's what happens with the third seed. We get choked out. We stopped and we listened and we planted deep roots, but we allowed ourselves to get choked out. So our third thing is to don't get choked out. Say that with me. Don't get choked out. So we stop and listen. Same with me. Number one, we stop and listen. Number two, we plant deep roots. Say that with me. We plant deep roots. And the third one is that we don't get, get what? Choked out. We don't get choked out. And so then finally we get to the last thing, the final seed. And we read that the final seed in Luke 8, 8 says that it fell on good soil and it produced fruit. And so Jesus literally says, as for that in the good soil, they are, they are those who hear God's word. They hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and they bear fruit with patience. In the farming world, we call this cultivating your soil. Say that with me, cultivating your soil. So what that means is this. You get up in the morning, you read Philippians 4, 4. You think, okay, God, uh, I need to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You write it up on a board. You write it in a journal. You highlight it in your Bible. And then you do this. You look at God and you say, okay, God, I know I'm supposed to rejoice in you. And I know I'm going to come through some times probably today where I'm not going to naturally rejoice in you. But I need you to help me to do that. I need you to help me to rejoice in whatever it is that comes my way. See, guys and girls, that is cultivating your soil. That's partly, too, why what Cal does when we sing these songs that are memory verses or that are verses are so good because you're committing these verses into your mind. It's a way to proclaim to God that, that I'll do these things that I can remember that neither, neither death nor life nor any other created thing can separate us from the love of God. See, we need to talk to God about the things that we read. Um, my, I want to tell you one last story, and then I probably got to get out of here because I know breakfast is going to be over soon. But listen, my son, Tybonius, see, he, he got into God's word early when he was young. And one of the things that he read one time was this verse that talks about carrying one another's burdens. That means being there for other people. And, and, and we even had a conversation about it, about, you know, what it means to carry someone else's burdens when, when they're having trouble, that we think outside of ourselves and we go and help. Now, listen, my son, Tybonius, when he was in fifth grade, he had this friend named Garretus. And Garretus had a thing with his ear where he had to have surgery, and he was starting to go deaf. 
And so when he had surgery, one of the things was Garretus was not allowed to be able to play any sports during recess. Now, you have to understand about Tibonius and Garretus is they loved, they loved playing football at recess. It was their favorite thing to do. And so Garretus comes to school one day, and Tibonius is like, let's go play football. And Garretus says, my doctor says after my surgery that I can't do this for the next three weeks. I can't play football. And Garretus was sad. And you know what was really cool is I think in Tibonius' mind, he was thinking, you know what? <laughs> Sucker, I guess you're not going to play. I'm going to go play football. But no, he had read in God's word in the Bible to carry one another's burdens. He had wrote it up on his board, the verse, to carry one another's burdens. He probably had talked to God about carrying one another's burdens. And you know what happened is he didn't even think twice. He told Garrettus, you know what? I won't play either. And for three weeks, three weeks, Tibonius and Garrettus just walked around the playground talking for three straight weeks when Tibonius really wanted to play football, but he understood what it meant to carry one another's burdens. I was super proud as a dad in that moment of Tibonius. Now, at the end of the day, Tibonius had allowed God to cultivate his soil. See, that's what needs to happen when we choose Jesus. We need to choose to connect to him. We get into his word. We move past just knowing the truth and we start to live out this great life that God has prepared for us. But that means that we need to stop and listen. We need to plant our roots deep so that we can remember it. We don't get choked out when the hard things come and we make sure that we cultivate our souls, our soil, so that we can grow for God and, and put our what we know into action. Guys and girls, let me finish with this. God created you to connect to him, to be connected to him. He has revealed himself to us through creation, through his word. The question is, what are you going to do about it? What choice are you going to make? Not what are your friends going to make, not the person next to you or your parents or your pastor or anyone else, but what are you choose, gonna choose to do with what you read in God's word? All right. I think, uh-oh, breakfast is getting over soon. Uh, let me pray and then I'll get out of here. Um, bow your heads, bow your heads, quick, 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 quick. God, thanks for today. Thanks for letting me come and share and hopefully I don't get in any trouble when I return. Um, so be with me and protect me, but be with these kids. Help them to open up your word, to take the time to actually stop and listen and, and, and to plant deep roots and, and, and remember things and to not get choked out when things get tough and, and, and then to be able to grow grow for you and cultivate their soil so they can grow and be awesome, awesome uh, for you. And so thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I gotta go. I gotta go. Okay. Pray for me.